0: that helps us to see that you don't give up on your people, but you continue working and you continue molding and you continue building. And I just pray that you would help each one of us to take these truths, Holy Spirit, help us to understand these truths, each one of the kids so that they can start applying them to their lives every day and be able to walk in victory and in freedom over sin. Lord, we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, does anybody remember what happened last week in our Bible lesson? Anybody remember who it was about? (laughs) Very good, very good. Two men that led the people of Israel back to Israel, and they rebuilt the temple. Does anybody remember the name of those two men that were the main leaders of Israel? So, rubbable and somebody else remember? You remember the other one? Jeshua. Very, very good. Well, today's lesson happens, it happens a few years later. So, for those of you who are here the first time, you remember 70 years before this story today, that was a wicked king by the name of. Very good. Nebuchadnezzar, and he came in and he invaded Israel and he took the Jews away to Babylon. What happened 20 years later? He sent his forces back and they burned down the temple and they stole all of the furniture and things from God's house and they took it to the house of their gods and they took more of the Jews away into Babylon. Well, if you remember, okay, so there they are taking stuff out of the temple. But then 70 years after that, there was a new king came in. He was the king of the Persians, and he defeated... Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson by the name of Belteshazzar, you remember? And he came in and he took over the kingdom and he set up a new world empire, the Persian empire. And the Bible says it reached from India to Ethiopia and Africa over here, a huge empire and this new king Cyrus, this is actually an etching of him. This new king Cyrus was a good king. He was a heathen, but he did some good things for people. And one of them, God told him to send the Jews back to their homeland to rebuild the temple. And that's what we learned about last time. So first we had Cyrus. Under Cyrus, y'all remember the man Daniel? Daniel. Cyrus was ruling, and there was his local governor, his local president, uh, Darius the Mede, who threw Daniel in the lion's den. You remember that story? That happened under King Cyrus's rule. Then there was Zerubbabel and Jeshua, and Cyrus sent them back to the Holy Land to rebuild. We talked about that last week. You remember they went this northern way. It was a thousand miles to get down here to the capital city of Jerusalem. When they got there, they found the city in ruins. But then there was another king that came to the throne during last week's lesson. We didn't talk about him because the Bible doesn't mention this guy, um, Cambyses. He only ruled a short time. And then there was Smertus or Smyrdas. He only ruled a short time. But then there was another one, Darius I. And he is not to be confused, parents, with Darius the Mede, who was in the book of Daniel. But Darius was the ruler when Zerubbabel and Jeshua and remember Haggai and Zechariah, they preached and said, you better get busy building. And so they started rebuilding and Darius checked all the papers to see. Oh, remember the way we got the prophets and the leaders there. Remember Darius in the story last week? He said, y'all go check all the libraries and see if you can find proof that Cyrus really said that the Jews should rebuild. And when he found out that Cyrus had really said that, he sent money to help as well. Three things we learned about last time. You remember? We learned we should be givers. givers. What was the first thing that the Jews did when they got back to the Holy Land? They gave. That's right. They took up an offering. The second thing they did was they worship. They worshiped. How did they worship? You remember what did they build? Y'all built one last week. What did y'all build right up here? Not the table. We've had that a long time. An altar, very good. And they offered a sacrifice. And what did that sacrifice remind us of? Who did it remind us of? Who is our sacrifice for our sin? Jesus, that's right. And so you and I are worshipers of Jesus by proclaiming Christ to others. And then number three, we need to be workers. Remember, it was hard work. Haggai told them, he said, you go up to the mountain and you cut down the wood and you build the house. Go get to work. Well, after that, there was another king came to the throne. His name was, the Bible calls him Ahasuerus, which is the Hebrew version of the Persian name Xerxes. Does anybody remember who was the queen under Xerxes or Ahasuerus? Esther, Esther, that's right. And her cousin Mordecai. And if you remember the story about Esther, well, that happened after Zerubbabel and Jeshua rebuilt the temple. Then... Esther came to the throne in Jerusalem. But after Xerxes or Ahasuerus, after he died, his son, Esther's stepson, became the ruler of Persia. Well, under Artaxerxes I was a prophet, a priest by the name of Ezra. Ezra was a great man. The Bible, he did many, many things. He was next to Moses. He was one of the most important Old Testament men in the Old Testament. And it's sad because a lot of Christians don't know much about Ezra. But Ezra was one of the two most important people in Israel's history. I, well, I mean, David would have to be in there as well. But as far as the word of God was concerned, who gave us Matthew? Who wrote the first five books of the Bible? Moses, very good. That's been his question during devotions the last week. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, but then it was a man by the name of Ezra that history tells us started collecting the books of the Old Testament to put them together in what we have today as the Old Testament. Well, Ezra was a man who the Bible said he had prepared his heart. He was a ready scribe. That meant while he was in Persia, he was already studying the Bible and getting his heart ready. And he was studying hard and working hard to study the Bible and to teach the Bible. Well, one day the king came. Ezra had made an appeal. He said, would you let me go back to the Holy Land? Because I need to go there and teach God's word, God's law to my people. Well, the Bible says in Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10, that Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. What does that mean to seek? I got it right here. What's that word right there? Kids who can read? What does that say? Study. study. So he had prepared his heart to, number one, study God's word, to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it. What does to do it? What do you think that means? Okay, accomplish God's word. It means real simple right there. We got four words, O-B-E-Y. What does that spell? He, ha- he was ready to obey God's word. So number one, he was going to study it. Number two, he was going to obey it. Number three, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So he had gotten ready in Persia to go home and he was going to study God's word and he was going to obey God's word and he was going to teach God's word. But what did he have to do first? It said, Ezra, I don't, what did it say before that? Ezra did what? Prepared his heart. Ezra had to have a prepared heart in order to study God's Word. You know, at our house, we've been trying to teach our kids that when we read our Bibles at night, or anytime they read their Bible on their own, that before they read the Bible, they should pray a prayer that was given to us in the Bible in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and verse 18. It says, "'Open thou mine eyes.'" that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. What that means is it's a prayer that the psalmist who actually, it may have been Ezra who wrote this, the Psalm 119, whoever it was, the psalmist was asking God, would you open up my eyes? Help me understand your word. So we've been teaching our kids when we pray at night, before we read the Bible, somebody prays and asks God, God, thank you for your word. Would you open our eyes and help us understand your word. Is brother, Do we, is brother Ezra in here right now? Um, brother Ezra had three building blocks, three ways he was going to help build up the people of Israel. And the first building block that he had, oh, he's got it right here. Building block number one, that is a huge Lego. <laughs> I like Legos. How many of you like Legos? Well, he's got a really amazing Lego here. So we have this first one here, this building block. Oh, it says something. What does that say? God's word. The first building block for the nation of Israel is, was? God's word. And what do you think the first building block for our lives? If we're going to be rooted and grounded in Jesus, the first thing we're going to need is God's word. Brother Ezra, what in the world? This is heavy. Ah, guess what's in here? A beautiful Bible. What does it say? Holy Bible, King James Version. Okay, we've got a big Bible here. I hear that you wrote part of that. The Holy Spirit gave you words. Oh. Wow, okay. Well, I hear that he told you to write down First and Second Chronicles and Ezra. And um, you started putting the Old Testament together? Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Well, thank you for helping with that. Well, so Brother Ezra, the first building block he gave them was God's Word. So when he went to the Holy Land, he was going to be ready to start teaching them. Well, he told Artaxerxes, he said, I need to be able to go and teach my people the Bible. Well, Artaxerxes, remember, he was the stepson of who? Esther. He knew about this God. He knew about God's word. And so he said, yes, you need to go and I'm gonna send you with a special letter. And so we have that letter in the Bible in Ezra chapter seven. There's the letter that Artaxerxes sent giving instructions on what was to happen, what Ezra was to do. He said, I want you to go, number one, to teach God's word. Number two, I want you to go to beautify the temple. Make the te- God's temple even more beautiful, because if you do this, maybe God will be gracious to me and to my sons. So he wanted to get in good with the God of Israel. So he wanted he wanted to make sure that he helped in God's house. So he sent brother Ezra back. Well, their first job was to teach God's word, but what was the second going to be? To make God's temple more beautiful, right? So he, they took up an offering, and he sent them with gold and with silver and precious things and really expensive copper. Uh, the Bible says that the copper was so valuable, it was as valuable as the gold that he took with him. And so he took beautiful things to God's house, and then he took money so that they could buy off sacrifices to offer great offerings to God. Well, on a certain day, brother, Ezra said, we're all going to meet by the river. And so they went to this river, and they started to meet. And they camped out in tents for three days. Well, as they did, Brother Ezra took record of who all he had there. And so he starts figuring out who everybody is and what their names are, and he's getting everything in order and everything ready, but then he realized he had a problem. He had a whole bunch of Jews here, but there were no Levites. Anybody remember what the Levites were responsible for? Where did the Levites work? The temple, that's right. And what are they supposed to be going to do? Beautify the temple. And you're going to have problems working in the temple if you don't have any temple workers, right? So he got 12 men and he said, I want y'all to go. Actually, I think it was five. He said, I want you to go up to this certain city where there's a whole bunch of Levites and I want you to recruit some Levites to come with us. So these men went up and they began to gather up Levites and they got Levites and they also got some men that were called Nethanims. Can you say that? Nethanims. Nethanims were servants who worked at the temple assisting the Levites. And so a whole bunch of Nethanims volunteered and Levites volunteered. And because the king, uh, King Artaxerxes had said, anybody can go who wants to go. But that was the thing. They had to want to go. Well, they found some Levites that wanted to go and they found some Nethanims that wanted to go, but they had a problem. Brother Ezra gathered them all up again. Once the Levites and Nethanims got there and he said, I've got a problem. I was embarrassed to ask the king for soldiers to go with us to protect us. Because we're going to go a route that's pretty dangerous. And there's a lot of criminals on the road that attack people. And I told Artaxerxes that the God of heaven protected his people. And if I asked for soldiers to protect us, I was going to make God look bad. I didn't want to make God look bad, so we've got to get God's help. And so they all got on their knees and they started praying. And he said, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God for help. So they started praying. When you pray, who do you talk to? God. You talk to God. So when we read the Bible, who's doing the talking? God is talking to us. But when we pray, we talk to God. Well, I need um, Brother Ezra again. Do you have a second building block? First of all, he was going to teach the people God's Word. He had prepared his heart to study, to obey, and to anybody remember? Teach God's Word. Well, now we have a second building block. Oh, wow. Second building block. What does that say? Prayer. 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 You know what? Just like the children of Israel, to go on this journey, they needed the Word of God. The children of Israel needed prayer. They needed to talk to God. Well, what on earth do you have in here? Ah, ha, ha. We've got praying hands here. Okay, so the first building block is what? God's Word. The second building block is? Prayer. So in God's word, God talks to us. In prayer, we talk to God. You know, you should do that every day. If you want to get to know God, does anybody here want to know God? I want to get to know him. When I first met my wife in Indianapolis, I wanted to get to know her. So do you think I went to my room and hid so that I didn't have to talk to her? No. What do you think I did? You went out and talked to her. I went out and talked to her. You know what I'd do? I'd stand in the hallway at dinner time and I'd wait for her to come. And then I'd stand in line with her so I could talk to her. Why? Because I wanted to get to know her. Now, do you think I did all the talking? No. no. That, that would be easy to believe, but <laughs> I didn't actually do all the talking. I talked, but I also listened to what she had to say, because I wanted to get to know her. And just like that, you and I, can, we can build relationships, a relationship with God. We build it by reading God's word every day, knowing what God is like. What, does make, what makes God happy? What does God like? What does God love? Will we find out in his word? How do we talk to God? How do we share our heart with him? Through prayer. That can be real simple. If you're having a bad day, you know what you should do? Pray. 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 Tell God about it. I was talking to some little kids the other night. Their daddy went to jail. And they had just said bye-bye to him, and they weren't going to see him for a really long time. And I sat down with these little kids, and I told them, I said, your hearts are hurting. And they were all crying really, really hard. And I said, your hearts are hurting. I said, but you know what? You need to talk about this. And I didn't know that night when they went home, I didn't know if they'd have somebody else to talk to. I said, when you get home tonight and you're laying in bed and you're feeling lonely and you're missing your dad, I said, you need to lay there and start talking to God about it. That's prayer. Talking to God, opening up our hearts, telling God what's going on, what we're thinking. You say, well, God already knows that. Yes, he does, but he still wants you to tell him because he loves you. He wants you to pray. He wants you to talk to him. Now, I we have something right here. Um, can I have my two helpers? We've got something here we want every one of you to have. It's a copy of John, the Gospel of John, and the book of Romans. And I want to challenge every one of you that know how to read to read this. And then maybe after you read it, you can find a kid in your neighborhood an adult in your neighborhood, somebody else that you can give it to and say, I just read this book and it's really great. Would you read it? But we read God's word so we hear from him. And then secondly, we have something else for you to take home. And that is this right here. What does this say? Can you read that? My prayer list. Here's some things. You can go ahead and give them out. Here's some things that you can write down on here some things you're praying about. Maybe there's somebody you know that needs to get saved so you can write their name so you remember to pray for them every day. Not too long ago, I found a prayer list from when I was a kid. It was stuck in a notebook, and it was really cool reading that old prayer list and finding God had answered some of those prayers. So you've got, and you can keep that in your John and Romans. So you've got Some of scripture here, so you can listen to God talk to you. And if you can't read, you can get somebody in your family to read it to you. And then here you've got your what? Your prayer list. Write down things that you need to talk to God about. Sometimes I make notes of stuff my wife and I need to discuss. Sometimes my wife makes notes of things that we need to discuss. Write down things you need to talk to God about. Well, let's keep going. So what's the first building block? God's word. Second building block? Prayer. Well, Brother Ezra knew there were a lot of bandits along the road, a lot of bad guys. So he took all the gold and all the silver and all the copper, all the dishes, and he piled them up and he got 12 of the Levites, the best, most trusted Levites. And he said, you're responsible for this. I'm going to divide it up by the 12 of you. And you are responsible to get it to God's house. You guard it with your life. You take care of it until we get to the temple and then you yourself yourselves, will take this into the temple and turn it over to the high priest. And so that's what these men did. And the whole group got on the road and they started going. It was going to be a long journey. It was 800 miles. The Bible said they left on the first day of the first month of the year. And they got there on the fifth day of the fifth month of the year. That was a long trip. But they finally got there. And when they got to the land of Israel, they were so excited. Yeah, the walls weren't in the best condition, but the temple was there. The temple was built. They got there and they camped out three days outside the city. And then after camping out for three days, they took the stuff that belonged in the temple and they took it up to the temple. Then they had letters from King Artaxerxes to all of his officials and they gave those out. And then what do you think they did next? Well, the altar was already there. So what did they have to do? Sacrifice. They offered sacrifice. Why would they do this? They did it to worship God. But what did offering that animal remind them of? What does it remind us of? God died you have- yes, you can take that home. That's yours. It reminded us that Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin. Because every one of us are sinners. And we need that. They needed that constant reminder that God was going to one day send his son to be the sacrifice for their sins. And Jesus did that for us. Well, they offered their sacrifices and everything's going good and they're really happy. And the Bible says they helped the people. They encouraged the Jews that were already there. But then one day, brother Ezra got shocked. Some of the rulers came in of the Jews and said, we need to talk to you. So they sat down to have a meeting and they said, brother Ezra, we have a problem. A whole bunch of the people, and the worst ones of all, are some of the other rulers. They have gone out and married women that worship false gods. Brother Ezra heard that. What on earth? He said, that's what got us in trouble the first time. Solomon married all these heathen women and he got in trouble. And we just got out of the Babylonian captivity. And that's one reason why we went. We are in so much trouble. And he was so upset, he started ripping his hair out of his head. And he started ripping his beard out of his face. And he took his clothes and he just ripped them. And brother Ezra went out shaking and weeping. And he just sat in the street. Well, when words started getting out, brother Ezra's gone crazy. Brother Ezra's upset. Well, what happened? What happened? Why why is Brother Ezra acting like that? They said, because somebody went and told on us. Somebody went and told them that we'd been married heathen women and that we're learning how to worship their gods. And some of the people, the Bible says, those who trembled at God's word, that meant when they read God's word, it, it affected their heart and it made them fearful. They wanted to obey God because they knew what had happened in the Babylonian captivity and they didn't want it to happen again. So those people that respected God's word and feared God's word, they come rushing into the city and they went and stood around Brother Ezra. Brother Ezra just sat there all day weeping and talking to God about it. And then at the time of the evening sacrifice, late that day, Brother Ezra got up and he got on his knees and he looked up into heaven and he said, God, we have sinned against you. He began to confess the sins of the nation. Now, Pastor Hubby talked about confession this morning. Confession means I admit what I've done is wrong. I start agreeing with God. If you lie to your mom or you lie to your dad, what are you supposed to do to make that right? You confess it. You admit, hey, mom, I'm sorry I told a lie. Will you forgive me? Mom, I disobeyed you. I was wrong. Will you forgive me. And that's what brother Ezra did. He began to confess the sins of the people. Well, the people began to gather around as he did this and they begin to listen and they hear him telling about, talking to God about their sin. And then he begins to tell them what they've done wrong. He begins to tell them how that God, they deserve God to punish them. He said, God gave us a little reviving. He gave us a little time to repent and to turn to him and to get to come home. And y'all are blowing the whole thing because you've disobeyed God. Now, the prophet Malachi, who lived about this same time, he said that God hates putting away. God hated divorce. He said, but something has to happen. You men have to get rid of your pagan wives. Actually, he didn't come up with the idea at first. One of the men out in the crowd said, Brother Ezra, we need to prove to God that we're running away from our sin, that we're getting rid of our sin. All these men who've done this, they need to get rid of these wicked wives. This wasn't a normal thing that God wants us to do, okay? But at this time in history, they were repeating what they had done that would take, had taken them into the Babylonian captivity in the first place. So they said, we need to separate ourselves from our sin. So it took several days. For several days, they began to have meetings, and that people would come in one by one and meet before a board, and this board of men would tell them what God wanted them to do. And so they began to separate themselves from their sin. Well, what's the first thing we have to do? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The first thing we do is we admit our sin to God. But the second thing we got to do with our sin is remove it. We got to get rid of our sin. We have to separate ourselves from our sin. Brother Ezra, do you have a third box back there? The first building block, and you and I should do this every day, is spend time where? In God's word. Number two, we should... Pray. And number three, we have the third building block that Brother Ezra used here. And this says, oh, I thought maybe it was going to say confess sin. What does that say? Run from sin. And that's what God means when he says confess our sins. We admit our sin and then we do something about it. We remove it from our lives. What in the world do we have in here? Oh, oh, wow. Brother Ezra, thank you. These look pretty old and wore out. Somebody's been doing a whole lot of running. running. You know what you and I should do every day. If we're going to be built up and established in the faith, number one, we need to read God's word. Number two, we need to pray. pray. We need to talk to God. And number three, we need to... No, we don't run from God's word. We run from... We need to run from sin. We need to put on our running shoes and get away from sin. When God shows us that we're doing something wrong, maybe you have trouble lying to your mom. You know what God wants you to start doing? How do you run from your sin? You stop lying and you start telling the truth. When somebody's got a problem, they, they, they have a problem looking at, at bad pictures. What should they do? They admit it to God and then stop it. Get rid of the bad pictures. Find a way to stop doing that sin. Why? Well, you need to put on our running shoes and Bye. run from sin. And you know what, guys? If we would start doing these three things every single day, we just wouldn't be living in any sin. We would have such great fellowship with God. And that's what Brother Ezra was trying to get for the Jewish people. He was trying to get them to have fellowship with God. Number one, by teaching them what? What? God's Word. Number two, teaching them to? And number three, teaching them to? Run from from sin. We have one more thing for you there. It's a bookmark to put in your Bibles. And it says, Today I will run from sin. Y'all can go ahead and pass these out. This is to put in your Bible so that hopefully every day you'll remember... That today I will... Okay, one of you got it. Today I will... Run from sin. Today I will... Run from sin. Anybody remember our memory verse? Let's quote it together. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him... Rooted and built up, established in the Colossians. How are we going to be rooted and built up in him? Number one, God's word. So we listen to God talk to us. Number two, we talk to God. And number three, run from sin. Every one of us have sin in our lives that is a habitual sin. That means we struggle with it on a regular basis. And when you have those things, what should you start doing? Running from your sin. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want to encourage every one of you now, not just the kids, but adults, because these things apply to all of us. I want to challenge everybody to make a decision that this week, every day you're going to read your Bible and every day you're going to talk to God. And every day you're going to make a deliberate decision to admit your sin and run from it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for a great man like Brother Ezra, Lord, who had his heart prepared to teach your word and to obey it. And Lord, we thank you for this lesson. Help every one of us this week to read our Bibles every day. And any kids who can't read, ask them, have them start asking someone to read it to them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to read your Bible every day, that we would start talking to you every day. Lord, every day we would admit our sin and we would start running from it. And Lord, we realize as we do this, we will be rooted, we'll be built up, and Lord, we'll grow in you. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to walk in your steps. In Christ's name we pray, amen.